Hello, how are you? Hope you're well. I have a really exciting show for you today. Today I'm going to be talking about post-ISO skincare. Here in Australia, the beauty industry has been in lockdown for about 11 weeks. That's 11 weeks where people couldn't go and have facial treatments and their usual beauty treatments. In New South Wales, we reopened about three weeks ago. Queensland opened up a bit sooner and the rest of the states have only been open a week or two. Some beauty salons and clinics and spas decided to actually stay in lockdown a little bit longer just to make sure they got everything right for the reopening. People are just now getting their treatments done, catching up with all the waxing and getting the brows back into shape and having the facial treatments and getting their skin back into shape. You know, people are experiencing dryness, dehydration, sensitive skin, congested skin and breakouts. And I'll talk about today what the possible causes of that are during isolation and also how you can actually manage your skin at home to support the professional treatments you are getting done in the beauty clinic and spa. For my friends overseas, you're probably still in lockdown. I know my friends in Canada can only perform waxing treatments at this stage, maybe massage, not allowed to perform facial treatments just as yet. So for my listeners overseas, if you are still in lockdown, some of these tips would be quite helpful for you as well to look after your skin before you can go in and see your esthetician and get your skin back into shape. But before I get into the rest of the show, I want to ask you, what have you been doing during lockdown? It's really interesting. I've been talking to my friends and my family and, and colleagues in the industry, and everybody's reacted so differently to isolation. Some people went just into total timeout. They've just decided that that's it. Um, I'm not going to do it. It's a little holiday, <laughs> a forced holiday, just watching TV all day and staying on the computer and playing games and that kind of thing. Other people decided that they'll take advantage of it and do all the things that they've always wanted to do but never had the time to do it. So uh, I know people who've taken fitness challenges. Other people decided to throw themselves into education and training and that's what I've been part of. So I've been extremely busy during isolation, which is why you haven't heard from me for some time because I've been working in the industry, helping other professionals, training them up and upskilling them in the beauty skills and, and beauty therapy. So it's been really, really busy. I myself too have done a lot of online training to upskill myself and it's been fabulous. Personally, I found working from home, I really enjoy because it gives me more time to go and exercise, take my dogs out for a walk instead of battling my way in traffic to and from work. So I'm actually taking advantage of that little extra time I have for self-care. I also found that as a family, we were forced to be together for so long that we actually grew closer together. Uh, I've got young girls and we played games and, of course, we all watch TV, lots and lots of TV. I wish I read a little bit more. I didn't really get much time to read, but I've been really busy with work and doing everything else. We did lots of cooking together as well because, of course, you know, we just didn't want to go out. We cooked from home and experiment with some meals, ate really well, and I will say my skincare routine was down pat, better than Ever. I actually did a lot of declaring and cleaning like everybody else and found skincare in there that I forgot I had. So I redid my skincare routine and I was really good with the morning and night, 
lots of serums, lots of um, regular exfoliation, regular mask and looking after the skin. So that my skin actually has come through it really well, probably better than ever. But a lot of people suffered at home because just, just didn't know what to do. Clinics and spas, a lot of them stayed open to help people manage their skin at home themselves. So they were open for retail sales and, and putting little things together for people to look after the skin at home. So if you're one of the lucky people who was under the care of your esthetician or beauty therapist, then your skin is probably looking pretty good. But if you haven't, like a lot of people, you've probably been online and buying things and experimenting and your skin has suffered. So a lot of people have been suffering with a dry skin, sensitive skin, congested skin, and even breakouts. And that's what I would love to talk about today. So let's go to, get on with the show. Welcome to the Skincare Teacher Beauty Tip Show, brought to you by thebeautybusiness.com.au. In this show, you will discover skincare and beauty tips that absolutely work. I'm Jana Elston, a qualified beauty therapist, skincare educator and blogger, and in this show, I will share my expert insights into the best beauty treatments that will absolutely transform your skin. So tune in each week to learn how to look after your skin and improve various skin conditions, including acne, aging, or pigmentation. So let's talk about the impact of isolation on the skin. You would think that if people are at home, they had the time to look after the skin a little bit more. However, it's not the case for everybody. Some people did really well, if, especially if they were lucky under the care of an aesthetician or beauty therapist, and others didn't handle it so too well. But there are other factors also that have impacted on the skin that I believe in isolation. And number one was stress. There was a lot of people who worried and concerned, of course, people who lost their jobs or people worrying about their health or worrying about the friends and family. And even if you think you're perhaps not stressed, your mind, you're in the back of your mind, you're always thinking about it. And, and stress can really impact on the skin. Stress is one of the leading causes of acne, breakouts, rosacea, eczema, dermatitis, inflammatory conditions because stress levels raise inflammation levels in your body. So stress is a big, big problem. The other thing I think that impacted on our skin while we were in isolation is that we spent so much time indoors. We had to isolate and some people didn't go out and exercise regularly and just spent a lot of times indoors. So that lack of exercise and fresh air and sunshine would definitely impact on the skin. So let's talk about their lack of exercise. So if you didn't get your exercise, for example, my daughter, she was working in hospitality, she was stood down, and for the first probably month or six weeks, she just slept and slept and slept. Whenever she came out, ate something, watched a bit of TV, went back to sleep. Didn't do any exercise for the first month or so. Now, what happens if you don't get enough exercise is that your lymphatics are not flowing properly, so your lymphatic system becomes more stagnant, the toxins build up, and then you start to get inflammation in the skin and you start breaking out. So lack of exercise impacts on how well your lymphatics work because unlike your circulatory system, your blood system that is pumped by your heart, your lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. It is pumped by muscles. 
So that's how your lymphatic system moves around your body is the muscle contractions. So to have a healthy lymphatic system, to have it moving properly, you need to do regular exercise. That's why your doctors are always telling you you need to exercise regularly. And your beauty therapists are probably telling you that as well. So the other thing is too that if people are not going outdoors, not experiencing that fresh air, and just being outside amongst nature is mindfulness. So lack of mindfulness. I know when I go walk my dogs, even though I might have um, be listening to a podcast while I'm walking them, I'm still out there and I'm just forgetting about everything else. I'm just focusing on what I'm doing. So enjoying the nature, enjoying the walk, as well as learning something while I'm listening to the podcast. But sometimes if I really need to distress and unwind, I don't take my phone with me. I don't take my iPod. And I just don't listen to anything. I just listen to the nature around me and and what's going on around me. So I think when we were in isolation and people didn't go out as much, then they would have found that they may have affected the stress levels too. And they were probably, you know, resulting in skin problems. And then finally, not being going outdoors, the lack of sunshine, the lack of vitamin D. Now, did you know that if your body is deficient in vitamin D, you'd be more prone to being sick and infections, you have a lower immunity, you're more likely to be tired and fatigued, you're more likely to also experience hair loss. But one thing that I found interesting with um, vitamin D deficiency is that they can cause impaired wound healing so that if you have a scratch, if you have a pimple or if you have dermatitis or eczema rosacea, your skin's not repairing and healing as well if you're deficient in vitamin D. So if you're spending a lot of time indoors, you probably may be deficient in vitamin D and it can affect your skin. So these are some of the things that could possibly have affected people that are experiencing the dryness, the sensitivity, the congestion and the breakouts as a result of isolation. So let's talk about how we can actually manage this skin. First of all, dehydrated skin. If you have experienced dehydrated skin while in isolation, It may be due to the fact that you were not exercising enough, so the lymphatics are not flowing, so they're not nourishing your skin from the inside. You were not drinking enough water, perhaps. Being indoors, there's lots of air conditioning or heating because here in Australia, we're going into winter, the cooler weather. First half of isolation, we had the air condition going on a lot of the times because it was hot and then suddenly turned cold and now we've got the heating. That sucks the moisture out of your skin. Your skin becomes super dehydrated. And of course, some people may have been overzealous with their skincare and overstripping their skin, which can cause dehydration. So using cleansers or harsh scrubs that are too strong for the skin, that strip the natural oils from the skin, leaving your skin then open to lose moisture and dehydrate. So what can you do to rehydrate your skin? First of all, especially now that we're going through change of season, I would check the cleanser. So check your cleanser, first of all, that your skin is feeling nice and comfortable after cleansing. If your skin feels like, uh, and you feel like you need to put on lots of serums and moisturizers to rehydrate because your skin is feeling really tight and dried after cleansing, then you probably need to change up your cleanser. Now, if you're using a cleanser that is a gel-based or maybe it's got AHAs in it, then may you need to perhaps adjust it. Maybe the AHA is a little bit too strong, go for something a little bit lighter, or maybe just have a little bit break. And if it's a gel base, why don't you switch to a more creamy or milky cleanser that hydrates as cleanses your skin? 
So dehydration can be easily fixed with a cleansing. The first step would be cleansing and that adds moisture to your skin as you are cleansing the skin. Look out for the signs of tightness and discomfort after cleansing. That's a clue that your cleanser is dehydrating your skin. So opt for something more hydrating. I'm a fan of milky and creamy cleansers. I'm not a huge fan of gel cleansers. Lots of people like them because it gives them that squeaky clean feel, but that's not a good thing for your skin. It's really unhealthy for your skin to be squeaky clean because you've stripped the skin of its natural oils and the skin then can start dehydrate and become sensitized and even break out. So check your cleanser. And if your cleanser is good, then you probably just need to use a hydrating serum underneath your moisturizer. So if you're using a good cleanser and you're using a good moisturizer you're happy with, slip in a really good hydrating serum. Hyaluronic acid is fantastic in hydrating serums because it holds a thousand times its weight in water and it rehydrates the skin. It's fabulous ingredient to instantly hydrate. But you must make sure that you use a good protective moisturizer with lots of moisture in it to seal it in. If you use a hydrating serum, particularly with hyaluronic acid, on its own and then top it with a light moisturizer, you may actually cause the skin to dehydrate more. Why? Hyaluronic acid is a humectant. It attracts moisture from the environment so that it can sit on the skin. If you don't have enough moisture in the moisturizer where you can draw the moisture from to hold on the skin, it's going to draw it out of your skin. So you have to be very careful there. So this is a question sometimes people ask, you know, what if I just use my serum and then can get away with that? You could use some other serums, but just be careful with hyaluronic acid. And of course, one other best way to rehydrate your skin very quickly and instantly is with a lovely mask. I love gel masks, particularly the ones you can sleep with them on. I'm not a fan of sheet masks. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> People are going to be so upset with me here, but I, I'm really not a fan of sheet masks. I'll tell you why. Number one, they're bad for the environment. They're single-dose masks, and you've got to chuck them out. A lot of them are not biodegradable or, or they don't dissolve, right? Number two, they're super expensive. The amount of gel that's in a sheet mask and usually single dose, good mask that cost you average about between five to fifteen dollars, sometimes more. So let's say about ten dollars. So it's a every time you use a mask, it costs you about ten dollars. Now, if you got yourself a gel mask or a creamy mask in a tube, a fifty mil or hundred mil tube, you'll find it's actually much cheaper to just apply the gel or, or the cream to the face and leave it on than actually using a sheet mask. That's why I'm not a huge fan. Why people love them? They love it because they're supposed to be easy to use, you know, just peel it off, put it on, whack it on, and there you go. And maybe they're a little bit of a novelty, they're a little bit of a fun to use, but uh, I'm not a fan. I'm sorry, I'm really not a fan. So if you would like some recommendations on some great hydrating mask, join my group on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Skincare Teacher Beauty Tips. So you can just look me up and there is a link in show notes as well. And we can continue the conversation in there so you can get some uh, tips on some great hydrating masks. So love masks because they instantly provide that result in your skin. So now let's talk about sensitive skin. So sensitive skin often is caused by the environment. So in most people, it's something you've done to your skin. There is a percentage of people that have been born with sensitive skin and they always have to be careful with their skin. 
but most of us have become sensitized because of the way we're treating our skin. Stress can affect our skin, definitely, absolutely. Stress raises, as I mentioned earlier, it raises the inflammation in the body, which then will lead to skin conditions like dermatitis or an eczema, rosacea, and at the very least, some itching. Now, the other things that can affect our skin that make it more sensitized is dehydration that's not been prepared and put in check. So dehydrated skin is not rehydrated and it continues and it goes on and on, will become sensitized very quickly. Also, people overstripping, over-cleansing, of course, you know, we've all experienced that very sensitive dry skin on the hands with all the antiseptic alcohol wipes that we've had to use and constantly washing our hands. So that's a perfect example of what happens when you strip your skin, over-cleanse it and overwork it, and it just becomes raw, really raw, very quickly. And, of course, some people have experienced sensitive skin because they just neglected it. They've just, like I said, some people just went in total time out and they stopped everything and, and they even stopped their skincare. So if you neglect your skin, your skin can very quickly become unbalanced, I suppose, um, especially if you stop cleansing your skin, you're not moisturizing it, and we, you know, you're indoors in air conditioning or heating, it can very quickly turn sensitive. So a sensitive skin first feels a little bit itchy, but it can very quickly turn to a burning sensation. Rashes can come up, it can become red, can become flaking and peeling as well. There's all different types of sensitive skin. So really to tackle a sensitive skin and to bring it back to balance, you've got to restore the acid mantle. So the first thing that throws off a, a skin that makes it sensitive is when the acid mantle becomes unbalanced. And the acid mantle becomes unbalanced when you're using the wrong cleansers, over-cleansing, stripping the skin, and uh, the skin becomes sensitized. So you've got to rebalance the acid mantle. What's the acid mantle? The acid mantle is the natural film that sits on our skin, and it's a mixture of our natural oils, sweat, the microflora and micro biome, <laughs> which is your natural bacteria and so on that, that live on your skin. So that's that's the acid mantle. And our acid mantle is roughly pH 4.5 to 5.5 in a healthy skin. If you're cleansing your skin with soap, soap is very alkaline so that it'll make it throw off the acid mantle and the acid mantle uh, and the skin will become sensitized. So it's no longer at 5.5, it'll probably be raised to about 6 or 7. And that's when you get the itching and the, and the skin starts to flake and irritate. If you're using too many acids on your skin, AHAs, and you know, you discovered somewhere a blogger was talking about a really great serum or pill you can do yourself at home. So you, you know, gone online, bought it and started using it. And the acids are, are lower in pH, very low for them to be effective to do anything. So the acids lower the pH on your skin and your skin becomes irritated, which is why when you're using um, an acid on your skin, that's why your skin feels tingly because your pH has changed in the skin and the acids work only if the pH is lower than the skin. So sensitive skin needs to be restored. You need to restore the acid mantle. How do you do that? Good cleansing routine. That's the first step to restoring uh, your acid mantle. Vitamin C is really good at restoring ascorbic acid. It helps to reacidify the skin if it's been alkalinized. So if people have overstripped their skin with soap or scrubs, of course, healing and calming ingredients such as chamomile, I love jojoba oil for the skin to help the skin heal. Sea buckthorn oil, fabulous for irritated, damaged skin. 
you'll probably reach out to some healing and calming skincare design, particularly for sensitized skin. Avoid scrubbing, avoid AHAs, avoid uh, anything harsh. As soon as your skin starts to tingle or redden, it's irritating your skin. If you do not correct that irritation in the skin, it can then become more deep-seated, it become more aggressive, and you can turn into an ongoing problem. So if you, as soon as you start your skin becoming a little bit irritated, you need to take care of it very quickly. If you need help, again, come on in the group and, and let's talk about it further there. Let's continue the conversation there. Now let's talk about congested skin. So what's happened with a congested skin? Stress, of course. Stress can affect it and that the stress, the same way it affects the skin when it's breaking out, there are certain hormones that float around your body that cause the sebum, the oils in your skin to thicken up, which can then clog the pores that can lead to congestion or breakouts. So stress is number one. And of course, experimentation with skincare have heard so many stories about people, you know, being out of isolation. So they're on the internet, buying skincare, trying different things at home, and they're possibly using the wrong thing on their skin. They're using too much, too soon, too many products, mixing different products from different brands, and the skin ends up congested and breaks out or even sensitized. So wrong skincare, too many products, overfeeding the skin will lead to congestion. I know makeup often can be a real problem for people with lots of heavy foundation and then powder. And then, of course, you know, if you've been watching Instagrammers or, or people, you know, doing all the makeup tutorials with contouring and everything else, you know how many layers they put on. They put on like 10 layers over the skin. That can contribute to congestion as well in the skin, especially if you mix and matching products and you and that are not supposed to go together. They're not designed to go together. So that can contribute to congestion in the skin. So how do you decongest in a congested skin? Okay, you need to, again, rebalance it. Good cleansing routine is for everybody. Everybody should start there. The next step is deep pore cleansing for congested skin. So this is where enzymes come in. Enzymes are fabulous at helping to just eat up the congestion in the skin, literally. So enzymes are another form of an exfoliant, but they're more gentle. They're not as aggressive as AHAs like glycolics, for example. And enzymes are terrific because they can get deep into the pores and to break things up, break that hard, solid, waxy sebum, break it up, break up the congestion so it can flow to the skin. So using enzyme deep pore cleanser, that's designed for to be used once, two, three times a week to help to break up the congestion is fabulous. The other thing you can do at home is using an absorbent mask to draw the impurities out of the skin. And the benefit of that too is that it'll help to refine the open pores too. So it'll help to draw the congestion out and then refine the pores. So those are two things you really want to be focusing on if you have a congested skin. Now, next is breakouts, acne. So if you've been experiencing lots of massive breakouts, you've probably been going through a lot of stress during lockdown. Perhaps, again, you've just neglected your skin or you've over-processed, over-treated your skin by putting skincare you haven't used before. You experimented using different things and, and not there is not really a system to it there. Products are not working together because they're not designed to go together. Also, what I found people who were experimenting breakouts is uh, food. The food they were eating, 
lots of junk food, you know, lots of chips, lots of chocolates, lots of biscuits. That can lead to breakouts as well because it affects your lymphatics, it affects your gut flora. We know the gut is interlinked with the skin. What's happening in the gut shows up in the skin. And same, same with our central nervous system. What's happening in our, in our brain, in our mind, in our mood will affect our skin because it affects, it affects the skin through the hormones too. Breakouts, acne is an inflammatory condition. So the first thing you want to do is to manage that inflammation, help to reduce the inflammation and take it down. So using products that are specifically designed for skins that are prone to breakout, you'll find they usually have ingredients in them such like uh, salicylic acid. So salicylic acid in small doses is fantastic for skin that has uh, inflammation uh, such as breakouts. Salicylic acid is anti-inflammatory and it's also antibacterial, so it helps to tackle the infection that's in the pores that's causing the breakouts as well as reducing that inflammation. The other ingredients to look for when you're treating uh, breakouts is zinc. Zinc is fabulous, traditionally great ingredients for treating acne and breakouts. So you probably want to look for a serum with zinc in it, and there is quite a few on the market that are specifically designed for skins that are breaking out. And of course, if it's hormonal acne, so what's the difference? So if if you have uh, what we call oil-related acne, juvenile or sebaceous acne, that's usually down the center and you're usually experiencing pimples and they usually become pussy. So you've got those little white heads, you know, the ones that you are tempted to squeeze out. And then if you're experiencing more adult, what they call adult acne or toxic or hormonal acne, the more blind cysts, they could be little papules or large cysts, and they usually happen around the jaw and the cheeks on the outer areas, the temples and the forehead as well. So usually uh, the outer circle on the on the face. Now, these ones are internal. It's all deep inflammation in the skin. You can't extract it. You can't squeeze it out. In fact, you try to squeeze it out, you're just damaging and tearing your skin and causing scarring. So the best thing for that kind of skin is uh, anti-inflammatory treatments. Uh, zinc is one. The other one that's really good is retinol. Retinol, vitamin A, fabulous. Traditionally used in skincare for a long time to treat acne. It also is used to treat uh, sun damage because it's a potent antioxidant and it helps to brighten the skin. But for acne, it works as an anti-inflammatory agent and skin rejuvenating agent. So it helps the skin to heal after the breakouts and acne. So retinol, uh, using a retinol serum, fantastic. I've seen one or two creams on the market that have built-in retinol, but usually the percentage is not high enough to give you the result in skincare that's over-the-counter, that is, rather than prescription. The retinols in serums are much higher dose, and you can spot treat them. So you, Because retinol in high dose, if you use it all over, it uh, potentially can give you some side effects, such as peeling, skin redness, inflammation. But if you just spot treat it, your skin can tolerate it a lot better as well if you find that your skin is a bit more delicate all over, so you can just spot treat it. So here are some just basic tips on how to manage your skin post-isolation. If you've been experiencing skin problems and um, you're not quite sure where to go there because you need to get your skin back into shape very quickly. If you would like to learn more, if you're really interested in skincare, you want to learn how to manage your skin yourself, establish a good skincare routine, or you've got 
acne, aging, pigmentation or rosacea or other skin conditions and you really want to take it to the next level, I have actually opened up Skincare School Online and the link will be in the show notes. So you can just look it up, Skincare School Online or come in the group and I can give you the link. You can actually come in and join the network where I'm posting regular lessons into the group and also I'll be starting courses very shortly. So I'm just working on some courses. We can go in and actually do a formal study into skincare. Now, the courses will be open to anybody who's interested in skincare, so entry level as well as for estheticians and beauty therapists who want to refresh the product knowledge or learn more, build on the product knowledge. See you there. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tune in each week for the latest beauty news and trends. If you have any comments or questions, you can connect with me on my Facebook page, The Beauty Business. And for more beauty tips, read my blog, thebeautybusiness.com.au. Until next time, have a beautiful week.